Amen. Father, let the entrance of your word give light and bring understanding to your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. What a church. What a church. So, our New Year series is titled The New Year Manifesto. We are looking at in a seven-part series. Part one is decision. Part two is dream. Part three, which we are going to discuss today, is direction. Part four is daring. Part five is disassociation. Part six is discernment. And part seven is deadline. So direction this morning. Direction, how to stop surviving and start succeeding on the difficult road to success. Success is a road, and it's a very difficult road. Many people are surviving, uh, but they are not succeeding. I want to show you how to stop surviving and start succeeding. Amen? Our introductory scripture is a very powerful scripture that has had very major influence on my life. As a young man, several years ago, I was largely influenced by this scripture in the pursuit of success, in the pursuit of my life's ambition, in the pursuit of my dream, in the actualization of my vision. Proverbs 4, verse 25 to 27, reading from the New Living Translation, look straight ahead. And face your eyes on what lies ahead. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Three key things here. You must have a vision if you want direction. You must, that vision must bring you focus. And to keep to the track, you must have conviction. So write these three things down. Vision, focus, and conviction. Three powerful things that will keep you on the track and bring direction. To be able to help you understand where you are in life and why you need direction. I'll be discussing the eight groups of people seeking directions in their life or in life. Now, so these eight groups of people are here. The first group are those on the side roads. Those on the side roads, these are life status, career status. Several years ago, I met a very ambitious young man who was at the university studying accounting. Five years before, I, five years before I met him, his senior brother had graduated from the university also with accounting. And the guy was struggling to find a job. And had just small, small jobs here. He goes to do small accounting jobs here, get some money, was still living with them in the house. And this young man was very critical of his senior brother. He said, look at him. He's finished accounting for five years. And he still depends on my mother. He still lives in the house with us. He said, me? What I would do with first degree accounting when I get out of university, you will see me. He got out of university three years later, I met him. He was frustrated. He hasn't found a job. He was still living with a mother in the same house. Very depressed. So he came to me for prayers. And I reminded him of what he said three years earlier. And I said, when you were in the university, you were on the side road. Now you have entered the main road and you have realized that the challenges 
on the main road is different from the one on the side road. Another young lady whose senior sister's marriage was going through some difficulties. And she was dating a guy. And the dating was going very well. And she used to say to me, my senior sister is not marrying the husband well at all. She should wait for me to marry and I will show her how to marry. Look at me and Kwesi. Look at our relationship. I care for Kwesi. I do this for Kwesi. I do that for Kwesi. My senior sister does not do that. Years later, she got married. And their case was worse. She came back to me with a complaint. I said, courtship is side road. Marriage is main road. Another young lady was dating a guy. She didn't know how to cook. And the guy kept saying, don't worry, we will eat at restaurants. Side road, side road. Side road issues. Many people here are on the side roads. We eat at the restaurant. They got married, had children, and the guy decided to divorce her. Guess what was the guy's point? The girl doesn't know how to cook. She said, but, but you said we will eat at restaurants. Side roads is different from the main road. There are a lot of people here who are on the side road. And they are assuming that the challenges that people on the main roads are facing, they are facing them because those on the main roads are not serious people. I used to think the same way. I used to think about why my senior pastor then was not taking some decisions. We used to go to pastor's meeting and I used to tell my senior pastor how to run the church. I said, daddy, you see this one? Let's do it this way and put this one here and do this one here and do it this way. And he would always smile as if he was telling me your time will come. Then I became a senior pastor. I was confronted with the same issues. There's nothing new under the sun. Same issues. And I realized that the side roads are different from the main roads. But how did I survive the main road? I want to share with you. You see, when you are living a side road, you are driving on the side road, you, and you are entering the main road, you have to be very careful. You know, you don't learn how to drive on main roads. You learn how to drive on community roads and side roads. It is when you have become an expert driver before you are allowed to hit the main road. I remember when I returned from school in Germany, I had I came with some Passat, old Passat, that I used to drive around in our community. Whilst I was in the community, it was fine for me. Then one day, the driver that used to take Passatitu of to school didn't come. So I decided to drive myself. Then I left the side road and hit the main road. Oh, I was driving on the Odoko road. Three lane. And I was in the middle. And all the cars passing, I was feeling dizzy. I was holding the steering like, oh, the, I was not driving the car. The car was driving me. And before I hit the main road, I had said to trot trot drivers, okay, trotsy drivers, I had said to them, you don't know how to drive. Look at the way you cross. Now I was on the main road. Oh, so now, like a driver, if you want to survive on the main road, take your side road lessons carefully. There are a lot of young people here who are still on the side roads of life. You are now dating, you haven't married yet. How you date will not change when you marry. If the boy is cheating on you on the side road, he will cheat on you on the main road. 
If the boy is beating you on the side road, he will beat you on the main road. If counseling on the side road does not change the boy, he will not change just because you came to before the Lord and made 15 minutes vows. It will not change. If you are lazy on the side road, if you are sleeping instead of being in school, if you are on Facebook instead of being in school, or at work on the side road, and you think that here I can relax, the speed is slow, I can relax, and then I will, when I get to the main road, I will speed. It will not change. Be an expert. Build up your capacity once you are on the side road so that when you enter the main road, you can drive. Proverbs 4 verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. When you are entering into a main road, you have to be focused. There are some of you who are matured. But unfortunately, you are still on the side road, trying to find your feet, trying to establish yourself. You have kept too long on the side roads. Yes, when you go to Europe, certain people can go for driver's um, training to, in order to get driver's license. Some can do, I hear some people can do it for 30 times. Those of you in the UK, isn't it? People can go and fail for 30 times. They have the money, they have bought a car, waiting for license to hit the road, but they keep failing. Ready for the main road, but because they did not prepare adequately on the side road, they cannot hit the main road. Listen, now that you are young, now that your parents are there to support you, it is not time to lazy around. It is time to build your capacity. It is time to grow up. It is time, and this year, if you're on the side road, I'm telling you, build your capacity, grow up, take life seriously. Don't joke with it. Because the worst thing that can ever happen to you is to have the money to buy a car, but cannot put it on the main road because you did not prepare ahead of your ability to drive the car. Are you here with me? There are men who are married, but they are married like single men. There are women who are married, they are marrying like single women. Because when they were on the side roads, they did not prepare for the main road. One of the biggest problems I have with mommy, or mommy has with me, is when I'm driving. I read a lot. Read all the signboards. Try to get all the billboards and everything. Every ideas person is always looking for the new idea in town to develop and build on it. I learned by ob observation. So mommy always feel, I should let someone drive me. But you see, my father didn't have a car. And I have a car. I want to catch up with all the cars I did not drive. Poor people, when they become rich, they still don't like drivers. They want to drive their car. Mommy would tell me, sit at the back. I say, everything nice about the car is in front. Why should I sit at the back? Where our problem becomes more serious when I'm driving is when I am entering the main road. And I'm still reading. You know, at the junctions is where the signboards are. And I'm still reading. And I'm still reading. She goes, honey, please. This is what I'm saying. You need a driver. You need a driver, honey. You will kill us. So you will kill us. I haven't yet killed us. But me, myself, when, I'm, when I go to town and I come back home and I see the near misses, I say to myself, my wife is not confessing negative. She's confessing reality. Sometimes I can actually enter onto a main road. Before I realize I've entered. Now that's how most of us are. We are entering into major decisions in our lives. And we are not even thinking. We are not thinking. 
We are not thinking. The crisis in your career, the crisis in your marriage, the crisis in your life, the crisis in your health is because you entered into the main road when you were not looking straight. So you've gotten an accident in your life. I pray for you today that may God help you. May God help you. Now, the second group of people here are those on the main road. When you finally hit the main road, it's even more serious. In the, on the main road, whether you want to compete or not, somebody will compete with you. That is where you see cars whose engines are V8 against your 1.5 that you were using to do two known on the side road. Now you are on the main road. On the main road, there are no traffic lights. Nobody is stopping for anybody. We are all going the same way. We are moving the same way. And we are heading to a place. Several years ago, my first time somebody drove me on the M25. Oh, I nearly worried on myself. Several cars and everybody. And they show you there is electronic changes of the, of the speed. They are showing you that right now where you are, do 120. And everybody is doing 120. Whether your car is good or not, once it is 120, you have to do it. And nobody is giving anybody chance to cross. But everybody that hits the main road is a very serious person who is prepared, who is ready, who is pursuing a dream, who is pursuing a vision, who is pursuing a certain ambition. That's why the side road must prepare you. Oh. Ladies, are you here? Some of you have gotten married and you have not entered the main road. And you have realized that this is not easy. You have realized this is not easy. I've always been joking and um, teasing mommy. When we married, oh, Adaraka boy, I was ready for the main road. Mommy was shocked with the responsibility that came with marriage. Almost every three days, mommy would cry. She cries over certain pretty, pretty things. You know, the kind of weeping that flames will be coming from your nose. And you'll be trying to pull it. <laughs> she realized that this main road, eh? No sympathy. You have to live on your own, survive on your own. Oh! Mommy got pregnant with Pastor Titi Affair at Teshi. And some people used to smoke fish behind our window. And she didn't like the scent. We didn't have fans. We didn't have anything, so we have to open our windows. She didn't like the scent, but that was—I didn't have an alternative accommodation. It's the only place. Oh, come and see this woman. The main road is a difficult place to be, and some of you, you are on the main road, you can't stand the competition because your horsepower is small. People are beating you. You are becoming depressed. People you started life with have gone ahead of you and you are becoming worried, you are becoming depressed and you are there. After a while, when you cannot stand the competition, people will start comparing you to those you started life with. Why is this? Why is this your friend? 200 kilometers ahead of you? Why is your car not catching up? There will be comparisons. Whether you like it or not, someone will compete with you. When your competitor beats you, people will start comparing you with your competitor. People will tell you how all your age mates have become successful and you have not become. People will start telling you how all your age mates have master's degrees and you have a third class first degree and you are doing nothing to better yourself. 
Your mother will walk to your room, open your door, and shout on you and get you out and compare you to others. But the competition has left you behind. Your husband will compare you to other people's wives. Your wife will compare you to other people's husbands. Your parents will compare you to other people's children. Your pastor will compare you to other people's church members. And you will compare your pastor to other people's pastors. You cannot stop it. When I'm coming to preach, I am aware that on this main road of preachers, some start preaching by 6 a.m. on Facebook and you watch them. You listen to them before you come. I am aware that you will do comparison analysis of my sermon and their sermon. I am aware. I am aware that even if I don't want to compete, there will still be churches around here who would like to build a better chapel than us, offer a better services than us, and try to prophesy when God has not even revealed to them in order to steal my congregation. I'm telling you, if my mother stops this church and goes to another church, the pastor will not call my mother and tell my mother that, oh, I can't accept you here. Your son is a bishop. Go to no, it becomes a testimony for the pastor. The pastor will say, even Bishop Titi of First Mother watches with me. So how can you leave this church? So, people will compete with you. And others will compare you to your competitors. And then they will contrast and determine whether you were a failure or a success. You don't write an examination and mark your own self. Do you understand? You don't write an examination and mark your own self. On this main road, <laughs> accident on the side road usually are not fatal. You can get up again. But accident on main roads. How many people survive accident on the, on the motorway? Only few. But almost every accident on Sprinter's Road, on Bachona Road, you may survive it. But on the main road, you may not survive it. Here on the main road, you have advanced in age. You have had almost all your opportunities used. Um, used and your phone is on one minute remaining. So when your phone is on one minute remaining, you have to make the most important call of your life. When your battery is going off, or anytime I'm out and my battery is about to go off, guess who I call first? Who? Mommy. I'll call her and say to her, honey, if you call me and you don't get it because my battery is going off, I am at this place, I will get it at this time. When your battery is going off, you don't play around. You do the most important and the most serious things in your life. You are on the main road. You are last in among the cars that are moving. You are last. You are on the main road. You are last among the cars that are moving. You are causing traffic jam on the main road. People are insulting you. People are gossiping about you. And still you are not serious. Still you are not serious. Still you are sleeping eight hours a day. Still you are watching movies. Listen. Stop watching the movie. You are a movie yourself. You are a movie yourself. Sit down and watch your life. You are a movie yourself. And you will see whether you are a Nigerian movie, a Ghanaian movie, or Chinese movie, an Indian movie, or an American movie. Ghanaian movies will take you to a fetish fish or a witch. Nigerian movie will end you up in the evil forest. Indian movies, you'll be dancing without any award. <laughs> Chinese movies, you'll be, fast, you'll be fighting when nobody has offended you. American movies, you can Is it Oscars? Is it, uh, the movies are Oscars and music is Grammy, eh? So in American movie, at least you can win an Oscar. I don't know where you are. I don't know your movie. Oh, you are. 
Kumeu. Say what part one. Say what part two. Say what part three. I had to be a laugh at the senior sister. Mommy said, what part one? Mommy said, what part two? You know, we have Mommy said, what bones in this church? They have Mommy said, what? It's your friend. Then I think I, I, I was going to call Mommy said, what bones And I mistakenly called Mommy said, what? It's your friend. So you go, hello, daddy. So sorry, I was calling Mommy said, what bones I did not intend to call Mommy said, what sardine? Bones is a whale. Sadie is a small fish. <laughs> do, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Now, Psalm 37, verse 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. So you see, when you hit the main road, you need divine direction. You need God to help you. I kept long on the side roads. But I, I, when I went to university... I was already married and I had a child. I went to university as a mature student. I didn't have a regular schooling. So when I finally hit the main road, I said to the Lord, my friends and colleagues have already gone ahead of me. Order my steps. But I realized that the Lord ordered the steps of the godly. I cannot be ungodly on the main road for God to order my steps. Look at your life. You are praying for blessings on the main road. You are sinning. You are smoking. You are <laughs> committing adultery, fornication on the main road. The Lord cannot order your steps. The Lord does not order the steps of men and women who are going to hell. Take your life seriously. You need to be serious about things in your life. You are getting older. And older and older, you don't have a vision, you don't have a purpose, you don't have any property, you don't have lands, you don't have houses, you don't have any of these things. And even if you have these things, if you have this, it's not the end of your life. Life continues. Life was designed to move forward. There must be consistent progress in your life. Number three, those are the crossroads. The point of decision with far-reaching implications. Some of you have to make decisions about your health, about who to marry, about your career. And these things, they have very far-reaching implications. They can destroy your life. They can destroy your life. You are choosing who to marry. You cannot predict this woman. You cannot tell who this woman is. Let me tell you a secret. When Pastor Tio first started dating Edith, I called him to my room. I said, okay, son, let me tell you something you should do. We want to see if this woman will be faithful to you. If this woman is not talking to another man apart from you. See if she has missing hours in her life she can't account for. If you are calling her, suddenly her phone is off. Or this, those missing hours she can't account for. She's talking to someone else. Uh, information. <laughs> I guess it is father also told her that monitor the man. How many hours and the hours he's not available. And all those, if you see those things, it's a sign. I have noticed that if somebody is so extremely nice to like an angel, there's a question mark. Oh, yes. The people I have taught were humble people who used to come to me lying on the floor and talking humbly and all those things. When they found their standing, they changed. If the person you are talking to is an angel, it's a warning sign. Oh, yes. He's not showing any human frailty. He's not showing any human weakness. And you are happy, I'm going to marry an angel. <laughs> I'm going to marry an angel. Hey! What a calamity awaiting you. Well, sometimes 
in terms of relationship? Because it's a middle decision. It's a decision you make, you get in, and you can't get out. For Christian marriage, you are in for the long haul. So I understand when young people come to that crossroads and they are thinking what to do. I understand when you are making a major decision on your career and you are at the crossroads and you don't know what to do. I understand when some of you here are making major decisions. Should I change my career? Should I retire now? Should I resign from my work? It keeps you awake, sleep. It gives you sleepless night. But can I suggest something to you? Can I give you a prescription? Can I? Jeremiah 6, 16. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. So at the crossroads, stop and look around. Now here, hear the advice. Ask for the old. Godly way and walk in it. Travel is path and you will find rest for your souls. Oh, when I was making the decision to come to Sprinters Road here, I spoke with six, 15 senior pastors, time-tested, trustworthy senior pastors. And I said to myself, if even if one of them says I should not come, I won't come here. I went to the old godly way. Old godly way. Old godly way. Young boys and girls, when they are going to get married, do you know who advises them? Their friends. The young, ungodly way. The new, ungodly way. Your generation is the most perverse generation I have ever seen. You know, I've, I've lived through several generations. I think my, my generation is called, is it a J? Something, something. Those of us born in the um, 60s, 1960s, we have, see, we have seen all the generations. We have seen, we, we saw our fathers who did not have computers. And did not use um, phones, and did not have color TV, and did not have digital this thing. And now we are seeing our children generation. So we are very, very, very well positioned generation. Because we have, we know the old and we know the new, and we can do proper comparative analysis. Your generation only knows what you, what we know. <laughs> we know, we know what you know, but you don't know what we know. Young people think old people are fools. But old people know that young people are fools. When you are fooling, we know. But your generation has seared conscience. So you see, after I preach this, eh, your generation, you, are, you know you are by the side road. But you won't mind what I'm telling you. You will still go back home today and be on your Facebook and rest. You will still go back home today and you won't go for the main road. There are men and women here on the main road. These things I'm sharing, they don't care. They don't care. They will not even remember the title of my sermon after I finish this. A farmer went out to cast his net, seed. Some fell on good soil, some fell on bad soil. I don't know which seed this message is falling on. You are the crossroads. Ask for the old godly way. And walk in it. When a godly man speaks to you, listen, and walk in it. For he speaks not from the human spirit, but speaks from the spirit of God. Your friends will speak to you either from the human spirit or from an evil spirit. And their human spirit is inexperienced. Even if an old man speaks to you from, from a human spirit, he's speaking to you from an experienced human spirit. An experienced human spirit. You cannot mortgage your life on inexperienced things. Can I tell you something? Anytime you have a problem, anytime you find yourself in a fix, everybody becomes your consultant. Before I got married at the age of 22, I was a counselor to a woman whose marriage was collapsing. All the things I told her when I got married, I tried to apply it. It didn't work. I have since been avoiding that woman. The law of legitimacy. You cannot speak on what you have not successfully practiced. I have been, I have been at the crossroads. When mommy and I had to come to Sprinter's Road. 
when she has to resign from her work, when I had to leave Europe to come down here, when we had to, I had to leave my church, resign from my church, and did not know where I was going to stay. When the only people we had was Auntie Becky and the children. Even the first Sunday or two Sundays, you were not part of the church, were you? You, you were not. She said, oh, I can't join the church. But, but we were there. We started. When we had a brother, brother, and my sisters, and a few people, Auntie Becky's children, and all those people, Maya and co., we were at the crossroads. We have been there before. And I'm showing you how I survived. I came to that place. Asked for the old godly way and walk in it. When mommy had to make a decision to marry me, there was nothing about me that mommy should have. Mommy was a very, very, very sought after young lady. Oh, the prayerful girl, beautiful girl. I had just spoiled her. But even in her spoiled state, look how beautiful she is. See, I have damaged her body, but she's still very beautiful. When you see one of my friends, I was sitting down with him in the hotel in London and saw my wife calling and realized that the nickname I've given my wife on the phone is Nice Girl. I think I have to change it now. I have to make it the nicest girl. I believe mommy was at the crossroad, but she chose me over those guys that had money that had better personality because she spoke with the people on the old godly way. Old godly way. Old godly way. They told her that marriage was not about the flashiness of the moment. But the ever, it's an everlasting covenant. They told her. Number four. Those on the rough roads. There are people here facing challenges and hardship have an advice for you. Isaiah 42 verse 16. You are this, you are facing challenges and hardship. Very difficult moments giving you sleepless nights. You don't know what to do. I have, I have, I have a message for you. Isaiah 42 verse 16. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. But you know, look at the face. I will lead. I will lead. When you are on the rough patches, when you are facing the challenges of life and you find yourself in situations that you can't do anything about it, go before him. Allow him to lead you. came here, told you about our story. We had nothing, nothing, nothing. Every morning, mommy and I would be up in the middle of the night praying that Lord have your way. Lord, do whatever you want to do. Father, do whatever you want to do. We surrender to you. We surrender to you. Lord, do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do. Lord, do whatever you want to do. Lead us. Lead us. Spirit of God, lead us. We surrender to you. And look at where we are. Look at where we are today. You are going through hardship. You are still strong-willed. You are not your broken enough. God cannot lead you. You are still arrogant in your hardship. You cannot submit to the leadings of the Spirit. When God even speaks, you can't even hear Him. God is telling you, live your life for me. God is telling you, in this rough road, I can walk it. Give your life to me. Let me handle it. Let me walk you through it. Let me lead you. Let me lead you. Somebody's asking, Daddy, if God is leader, how, how, do, I go, how do I go about it? You would have been at, at, at lockdown. You would have been at the all night. You know, the, the worst people have ever passed it. People you know have problems. And yet, they don't show up for prayer meeting. They don't show up for teaching service. They don't show up for anything except Sunday. Then they show up. And you know they have problems. And you are wondering. Sometimes, I can lead prayer and I'm looking through. So, where, where are these people I know have problems? They are at home watching TV. They are at home complaining. They are at home blaming God. Let him lead you. Surrender to him. 
offer yourself to him. Come to that place and say, Lord, I've come to my wit end. I've trusted myself. I've trusted my competence. I've trusted in myself. But curse is any man who puts his trust in the arm of flesh. And you are an arm of flesh. When you put your trust in yourself, curse be you. Number five, those on dark roads. Those on dark roads. Those on dark roads. Oh, times of uncertainty, fear, or despair. Periods in life where the way forward is not clear. You don't know. You feel so dark. Like everything around you is dark. You don't know what to do. It's like you're a blind person. You just simply do not know what to do. As I speak to you right now, you are just saying, Daddy, what do I do? Daddy, what do I do? Daddy, what do I do? Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. When I once felt like I was in darkness, I did something with the word of God. Five things I've said it here before. I perused the word. I studied the word. I went through the word to find, is there something in this Bible that has a solution to my problem? I didn't go around, I didn't run here and there looking for prophets. I perused the word. What is in this for me? What is in this word for me? Oh, yes. What is in this word for me? I peruse the word. There is no problem you are going through today that the word of God does not have a solution for. And then I purified myself through the word. Then I practice the word. Then I preach the word. Then I prayed with the word. And maybe, and maybe, I prophesied to myself through the word. Through the word. I could tell where I was going just by the word. Just by the word. I built all my life studying God's word. Finding answers to my problems from God's word. I grew up with two friends. Anytime any one of us was going to make a major decision, we will challenge you. Show us two scriptures. To support your decision. If you could not quote the scriptures on your feet, that decision is non, non starter. If you had to go and look at the Bible before that decision, it was a non starter. Because whatever you do, whatever God tells you, is, is, must be confirmed by the word of God already deposited in your spirit. Number six. Number six. Number six. Those on dangerous roads. Risky situations. When I proposed to mommy and she agreed to marry me, started visiting me, I told one of my friends, said, This girl is not cry alone. And look at how she's put all her trust in me. Mommy will get her pay. She will come to me and say, Today I got paid. What are we going to use the money for? She was so in love. She was ready to give me a salary. And I said, I said to my friend, If I were a bad boy, I will chop her money, chop her body, and run away. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there are some of you, see, young ladies, you, this world is a very risky place to just, to just go around without covering, to just make decisions without consultation. What will kill you, what will destroy your life is always just lurking around you. You need covering. You need counsel. You need a church like this. You need a bishop like this. You need a spiritual father like this. To be here and hear from God and come to you and preach the word. When we left me last night around 10 something. Had my movements around 3, 10 something a.m. Came upstairs for us to pray together around 4 something. When she came, all my lights were on the same way she left. You know how she said, the first thing she said, honey, you did not sleep. And of course, of course, I had to tell a holy lie. I said, I slept. I just woke up. But I did not. But I can be here and share with you. This word is unadulterated. 
it's a pure voice of God. You must hear it. You must walk in it. When you're on dangerous grounds, can I show you what to do? When you feel insecured, when you feel that this relationship, this uh, stage I am in my life, something can happen to me, there's uncertainty, there's fear. Oh, let me, let me give you a scripture. Psalm 91, 9 to 11. If you say, if you say, if you say, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So it, if you say, if you say, if you say, the Lord is my refuge. And you make the most high your dwelling. And you make your most high your dwelling. Show me where you pray regularly. When I enter there, I can say you have made the Lord God your dwelling. Show me. When I was a young boy, I would take you to Abraham Methodist Park. I would take you to Calvary Baptist, their uncompleted story building. I will take you to Ashmota Forest. I will show you where I made the Lord my dwelling. You see, the shadow of God is an atmosphere. The dwellings of God is an atmosphere. Once you make God your dwelling, you pray, you praise, you peruse his word, you walk in purity, you make him your dwelling. And hear this, when you make God your dwelling, when you are able to create that atmosphere of the presence of God around you, the Bible says that no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. You are sleeping, you are going to the nightclub, you are coming home, and Robert is on the way, you are quoting this scripture. Concerning me, who will send his angels to guard me. Concerning me, the Father send your angels. Father send your angels. The Lord will tell you, you have not made me your dwelling. My presence is not around you. I cannot operate in a place where I have no presence. Oh yes. The presence. Presence. Presence of God. The more you pray, the more God pours himself upon you. Your house, many people, I mean almost everybody who enters my house, the first thing they say is that, oh, wow, there is some peace here. Before they even sit down, oh, wow, there is some peace here. My house is a prayer oven. Mommy is always praying, I'm always praying. You know when mommy prays a lot? She sits at the entrance where I'm in the hall. She sits there. And you will hear her. There's some level she goes. She's called Wanya 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 Wanya. Wanya Wanya. Hello. When you enter a crab business school, you feel his presence. When you carry, see, whatsoever thing that is born of God overcometh the world. You have to create the presence of God around you. Kick out sinful people from around you. Friends that you know. When I come to talk about this association, I will show you seven people you must avoid in your life. If you want the presence of God to be upon you. Now, number eight. Those on tow roads. No, seven. Seven. Those on winding roads. Peace and things of life. Those on winding roads, your life has never been straight. Today you are down, today you are up. I watched a documentary of one of England's best footballers. He's called David Beckham. And the documentary was titled, The Rise and Rise of David Beckham. And I also watched a movie titled, The Rise and Fall of Idi Amin. Which one would be your story? If we have to do I'm not asking you to say by faith. Oh. That's the problem with charismatics. We say what we do not do. If we are to do a study with your life right now, what will it be? Rise and rise or rise and fall? Answer it to yourself. Rise and rise or rise and fall? A young boy in school, in primary school, was asked to write myself. You know myself? You write my name is... My father is like, and then you write about things that happens in your home and all those things. His teacher knew the house, knew that the father was a drunkard, 
the mother and the father always fights. The father was a wife beater, children beater, and all those. But the boy wrote something nice about the father and wrote nice things about the mother and painted their house to be a very good place and said they lived in some estate. The teacher just wrote there, whom are you deceiving? No mass was given. Just whom are you deceiving? The English was nice, but the story was not real. Whom are you deceiving? Brother, you have been going up and down, up and down, up and down on a very long road that is not ending now. Where you are now, you look at your life and say, I could have been better. I could have been better. You look at your life and you say that. Here is a scripture for you. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. The shorter distance is a straight line. Not a winding road. Not a winding road. The shorter distance is a straight line. Not a winding road. If you submit to him and you lean on him, he will make your path straight. He did it for me and he can do it for you. Those on toll roads, price and price. When you drive on good roads, you pay. Life, if you want to hit a good road, be ready to pay. Be ready to pay if you want to hit on good roads. Matthew 13, 45 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearl. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. You must know what you have to sell to buy what you are looking for. You have to know what you have to sell to buy what you are looking for. Everything that is of great value has a cost. And the amount you need to pay for it is something that you have. It's not something somebody else has in his bank account. The price of success cannot be paid for you by someone else. You have to pay that price yourself. Sleepless night of prayer, sleepless night of studies will bring you somewhere. If you are not willing to pay the price for success, forget about success. Every word, every time the word success is used in the Bible, it has a condition attached to it. It has never been used without a condition attached to it. Can someone read from Joshua chapter 1, think from verse 6 downwards. Let me tell you something. Get a microphone, Apostle Abraham, and read from the NIV. So I will end here. I still have a lot to share with you. But I'll continue this next week. Uh, next week, I'll share the eight ways to find direction and stay the course in life's difficult journey. I'll show you the eight ways to do it. The eight ways to do it. And next week, you're coming, come with someone. This is a good series. It will build your life. It will help you navigate the most difficult part of your life. Apostle Reed. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land as swore to their ancestors to give them. Verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law. Be my careful servant. to obey all the Lord my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. There is an obedience attached to the success. Can we continue to read? Let's go. Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate day and night. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. To be successful, you want you want to have success without sacrifice. 
Is that what you want to do? You want to sit down, eat, sleep, wake up, and become successful? Is that what you want to do? You do not want to obey God. You do not want to obey God. You do not want to work. You do not want to make any sacrifice for success. Whole of this week, I've met a number of the apostles of her come start singing something for us. Then we'll take communion. Then we go in and now seeing different doctors. Every doctor has one to rest. The week last week, I announced I was going to rest, isn't it? Oh, I worked more than my Monday morning. I was out of the house. I didn't know what, what wakes me up and moves me. But every success you see around me, I paid the price for it. Nothing has come to me by chance. For success is not by default. It is by design. You have to design your own success. Last week I showed you how I designed my poverty as its plan. People got back to me. I preached before, but I assumed everybody heard me. But people got back to me and said, Daddy, I wasn't around when you preached that thing. So I would teach on my 70 years poverty as its plan. And the sacrifices and the philosophy that were behind it. And how I got out of poverty in seven years. And why for 30 years you are still in poverty. I will show you. Without a plan, your life will not go anywhere. But whatever, the foundation of every plan is sacrifice. The foundation of every plan is sacrifice. Without sacrifice in your life, you don't expect any success in your life. I will show you what I meet you. Something must cost you to become positive. Come up. Something must cost you to become successful. It must cost you a friend. It must cost you some leisure. It must cost you some money. It must cost you some sleep. It must cost you something in order for you to become successful. So people like us who have paid price for where we stand now, we can't stand people who feel they can get from us without paying any price. Even my children can't get from me without paying a price. Without paying a price. Amen. Rise on your feet. Begin to pray. Ask the Lord to help you. As I shared this eight rows with you, you have discovered where you are. Whilst I was preaching, the Holy Ghost spoke to you. Pray based on that. Lift up your voice and pray. <laughs>